When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this week is a brief but dense conversation with Chris Brogan. Chris is one of those common kind of known sort of people on the internet for internet things. He does a great blog over at chrisbrogan.com. He does a lot of speaking. He's part of Human Business Way. He has a new podcast out, which you need to go check out. So... I'm probably going to be wasting my time telling you all about all the things he does when rather you should just listen to the episode and then go check out all his stuff because this one was a really good one, fun fun to do. I'm really grateful to Chris for doing it. But for just a second, I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you in part by GoToMeeting by Citrix. You know, no matter what part of your life you're thinking about, you always have to have meetings. It's where you share ideas. It's where you think about what problems you have and you solve them and you create solutions. You have to communicate. But if those people that you need to meet with to talk through these things aren't all in the same place, then you need to find a solution. One of the best solutions is GoToMeeting with HD Faces. Some of the benefits of using GoToMeeting is that you can share screens. There's built-in HD video conferencing, so you can see each other's faces and read some of those nonverbal cues that don't always make it through just purely textual conversations through email or text or instant messages. And you can connect with a number of different devices, whether that's a laptop, a PC, an iPad, or even an iPhone or Android device. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. For this special offer, visit GoToMeeting.com, click the Try It Free button, and use the promo code PODCAST. Remember, use the promo code PODCAST. GoToMeeting, meeting is believing. Well, this week is my great privilege to allow you to listen in on a conversation between myself and Chris Brogan. Chris, thanks for joining me. Eric, I'm glad you allowed people to listen. Yeah. I mean, that's part of what uh, the platform is for. So so people say. All right. Well, you and Julian Smith just released a book called The Impact Equation, kind of the follow-up to trust agents. And what funny enough, there's actually in, an equation in the book, although it's not like real math. It's more word math. I really love the book, and I really want to make people go out and get the book. Why should they get the book? Well, first off, I think that the best way to look at it is don't think of it as anything to do with social media. It's not a book about why you should get on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. We could care less. The book is about how do you really get what you need done in business 
done. It, it's the question of there's a lot of noise out there. How do you find more buyers? How do you uh, sell to them better? How do you build a better community around it? So it's it's a book that covers um, marketing, sales, and, co- and community type work or marketing, sales, and service type work. And it's not a book that says you really ought to take a lot of photos and put them on pin, uh, Pinterest. Well, and you guys even say that. You talk about how it's not really even a book about the internet. It's more a book about platform democracy, which I thought was a great way to put it. And yeah, I did, as I was reading it, kind of draw the parallels between this one and uh, Michael Hyatt's book, Platform. But I think, to be honest, it's not so much that one's got more than the other. I mean, they're basically both the same book in, in a weird way. But you guys focus in more on... I don't know, more of a, I mean, I I enjoyed reading Michael's book because he does a lot of stuff. He reveals a lot of secrets about how he's messed up and learned along the way building his platform. But then you guys talk a lot about more from a business angle, I think. And, and for me, as I'm thinking about that business angle and that, and, and obviously the whole human business way that you're known for, I couldn't help but think about how to kind of tie the pieces of the actual impact equation, which are, let's see, con, it's, it's create. It, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's just talk about, let's just talk about the math, shall we? Sure. Yeah. So there's, um, there's six attributes to the impact equation and the equation is impact equals contrast times reach plus exposure plus articulation plus trust plus echo. And the premise being that if you can sort of master these six different attributes and, and really work on what they mean, then you're going to have a better opportunity. And the only reason it's contrast times all the rest of them is that we felt that contrast was probably one of the most uh, decisive of the attributes uh, insofar as what separates you from people. A lot of people have asked me, you know, is that like unique selling proposition? And I said, sure, that's, you know, that's close enough. It doesn't, whatever you think that makes you think of it a little better. But I mean, it's really... How do you stand out in, in all ways, including for yourself? I mean, there's not a human alive that goes, you know, I mean, except for when we're in high school, there's not a human alive that's going, you know what I'd like to do is just blend in and be absolutely invisible. Right. You know, so I think that, you know, somewhere after high school, we kind of come back to this notion of identity. And uh, part of that is contrast and it's understanding what makes you different. And, and, and it's amazing how many people through self-esteem issues or other uh, courses, Eric, come to me with this sort of, well, I'm nothing. I'm just a marketer. And, you know, your your words very much define your experience. And so for a while, those people will be nothing and just a marketer. But I'm just really hoping that, you know, through understanding things like contrast, that we can do something to help people with the impact. So, for example, if someone has like reach, exposure, articulation, trust and echo and they're they're a stand up person and the person standing right next to them is as well. It's not that one is better than the other. It's what are the differences between them? So that's that's what the contrast is, right? Sure. And, you know, you totally need to work on all aspects of the equation. But I mean, what I've come to realize, and I've been using those six things, what I do is I take those attributes and I just write the letters down, C-R-E-A-T-E. And then I draw like a scale upwards from one to 10. And I rate things all the time now. So I've been wandering around going, hmm, okay, so what's Dollar Shave Club look like? You know, and, and what's their problem compared to who they're competing with? And, you know, so I think Dollar Shave Club has this great contrast, but they don't have in any way the reach or exposure or somebody like a Gillette because reach and exposure are the tools of, say, advertising. And so Gillette can get a lot further. They can get a lot more exposure because they can subject you to a lot more repetitive experience with a product or whatever. So then what's 
Dollar Shave Club to do? Well, they've got a great articulation of their message. You know, give us a buck, we'll give you a razor. And it's uh, trust is another problem of theirs. And echo is, you know, do I see myself in you? So if I were them, because they can't possibly outspend Gillette on reach and exposure, I would work on improving trust and echo because the more times people feel that they trust the product and see it as part of their story, and the more times they see themselves as the kind of person who loves Dollar Shave Club, that's how they're going to get ahead. That's how we use the book. Okay. So then to kind of go into what I was kind of jumping the gun on here with comparison to platform was with regards to people talking about platform or their own personal brand, a lot of the times I've just been – I've just taken in my head my own math and said, okay, personal brand equals reputation. Like it's what I'm known for. It's what people think of when they think of me as a person, not necessarily you know what I'm good at and all that kind of stuff, although that's all part of it. And obviously for, for people that listen to my show, which is, you know, all about productivity, one of the things we talk about a lot is like this work-life balance. So I couldn't help but try to think of ways that this CREAT would apply to, say, me and how I look at my family unit. Have you thought about that at all? Oh, no, absolutely. And I mean, the things you're going to hope for there is that you have a high trust and echo with your right. family. Um, and, you know, probably if you're really busy, then you have to work on exposure because you're not around enough. And, you know, there's things like that. It's, you know, it's not an easy uh, straight fit to, you know, apply to family life, but you, I could see where you're going with that. Um, you know, one thing to think about with regards to that, though, is that um, even understanding how to help other people with that and how to understand how to separate yourself from the, the herd in some ways gives you a little bit more benefit to your family because you know if you're known for such and such then that's what people are going to bring you to the picnic for and that that becomes quite helpful i mean it just becomes another opportunity for abundance so you're saying not just in say your home life trying to apply this but say even if you're not somebody who's running their own business if you're in, if you're just an average joe employee in a business thinking of these things really can increase your own contrast, so to speak. No question. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Tom Peters, and he got me in a lot of trouble in the 90s for some of the books that he'd written. And he wrote an article, it might have been right around 2000 or so, called The Brand Called You. And then he went off and made that into a smallish book and stuff like that. But The Brand Called You is the first I had ever really heard of the personal branding mindset. And and I'm not, you know, I'm not a huge advocate for the a lot of the writing out there on personal branding. But I will say that um, one of the things that he said very early on, Tom Peters, was you are the CEO of your desk, if you know, if you want to be. And mm. I thought, whoa, that's a great topic. Yeah. And really, that and a few other things that I'd done to sort of change my life and my business, you know, as an employee, really started immediately having an obvious effect. You know, the more that I really took responsibility inside the workplace, the more that I would own certain experiences and take more than what my job description was allowing for, was the more I got invited to more things because people just considered me someone who could accomplish. And it's amazing how many employees sit around waiting for permission. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search. 
Just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than three 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. And yes, the impact equation can certainly give you some thoughts on maybe not waiting for permission. You don't have to be an entrepreneurial, you know, solo business person to get something out of this book. I mean, we wrote it with the mindset that you could be, you know, uh, I don't know, marketing manager at Xerox Park or something. You, you could be anybody at any kind of a level and really start to think about how this is going to affect your world. As a reader of the book, I can say that that's wholeheartedly what I kind of got out of it. And to be honest, one of the things I want to talk about with you is the whole three-book diet uh, later on. I want to touch on that. But right now, uh, I'm I'm definitely going to pick this as one of mine. Wow. You know, I don't want to come across as, you know, saying, oh, my gosh, it was so amazing because I have you on the line and all that. But, I mean, for real, listening back to the interview that you did with you and Julian uh, talking about the book and how you guys even kind of – quote unquote, wowed each other as you were like reading it back and forth. And you're like, I don't remember this part. This is really good. You know, that kind of a thing. Uh, when you talked about on, on your, uh, podcast, mm-hmm. honestly, as I was reading it, there was stuff where it spoke to me in a way or it, it sounded as concise and rich as some of the stuff that Seth Godin does. 
So there's a compliment there for you. Well, thank you, Eric. I think I, that's going to help people decide to pick the book up. Okay. Well, there you go. You know, you can. I'll take it if that's that. Um, you know, it, it's funny. One of the words in the impact attributes is articulation, and so it's really important that we walk that talk and mm. and can do a really good job of saying things succinctly, which doesn't always come natural. Um, but that experience of sort of wow, we like this book. There's a thing that authors do. I've I've asked a few other authors, and it seems true of most of us is that. <clears throat> You'll write something, you'll love it for a little bit, and then you'll hate it horribly, and you'll think it's the stupidest thing you ever wrote. And then you'll kind of maybe come around to it if you're lucky. And I would say that, you know, in doing the audiobook um, is when it really comes true, because reading your book aloud, it turns out, is the first time you realize what sounds really stupid or what sounds amazing. And it's just a... It was a good experience. But anyway, I'm flattered that you chose the book for one of your uh, three books for the year. And I hope that it you know, holds up as something for an entire year. I think it will. I mean, it kept coming back to me as I was highlighting and, you know, marking things to come back to that. And then it clinched. You know what? I need to not just come back through one time for the main things that I thought to come back to. I need to really come back to it and like really reread it. So, um so I guess let's just talk about that. Let's just go into what is the three-book diet, which actually launches today as we record this on November 1st. Right. <clears throat> so the three-book diet, I don't – I was talking to Jack about it, I, my girlfriend, and I, I, I don't remember <clears throat> the real start of the conversation, but it was something about just the fact that people don't really commit themselves to books anymore. They don't dig in so deeply and – I'll see it a lot because I have little uh, searches going for people talking about my book so that I can, you know, politely mention them and whatever. And so they'll say something like, just finished Trust Agents, now reading uh, whatever, um, you know, uh, Brand Against the Machine by John Morgan, whatever they mention next or Crush It or something. Mm -hmm. And I'll see it all day long. I'll see, you know, people say it just now, just finished the impact equation, can't get ready, can't wait to get into the lean startup. It's not a frustration about my books. It's just this realization that we're checking things off. We're like this consumption nation, which, by the way, you know, is in, in the book Impact Equation, we talked about the attention war. This is part of it. <clears throat> we're sitting around going, you know, stimulate me, stimulate me, give me something new, give me something new. And we're not really absorbing or, or committing to any discipline uh, in our own lives to, to sort of practice something or follow something for a while. So <clears throat> I had the thought, if you could only pick three books for an entire year and really commit yourself to them and be a disciple of those books, which books would they be? Because it turns out, Eric, that the answer is never as simple as when you do it, you know, just to read a book. Like I'll read a book and, you know, I may be like it or not like it, but if I know I can go to another book, then it's no big deal. But just sitting with a book uh, for an entire year and rereading it and rereading it and trying to apply the principles that you learn in it, I mean, that's... That's a huge, vast difference for most of us and what we do with our time. And even if we say, oh, I got this great idea out of that book, you know, it's almost, it's so rare that we actually try to implement it. And so the concept is to really be mindful and, and really pay great attention to what you're reading. And, and I love that so many people are uh, pushing back and they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't possibly do this. No way. I love reading books a lot. And I keep thinking, okay. But, you know, and that's fine. I mean, it's not like the whole world has to try this experiment. But I would say that it's a really interesting set of questions to ask yourself, well, why not? You know, what are you using books for? What are they, what's their value in your world? And what do you think you're getting out of reading a lot of books versus not? And that's one of the questions I think is, are we really getting anything out of them? I mean, are we, I mean, if we're just checking the books off the list, 
I mean, there was a section in time at one point in my past where I read like 109 books in like a year and a half. And it did drastically change who I was and, and what I thought about and what I knew. But to be honest, to really have applied specific books over a course of time and really get stuff out of it and really apply it and sit and, you know, translate it into life change. That's much more of a, of a, of a goal to have than, than anything. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, that is true that reading a lot of books, uh, certainly gives you another whole different set of perspectives and that's worth, worth trying as well. Um, you know, I, I say this every now and again and people will just look at me crazy, but I think you, you know, how people say something came to them in the shower, like they'll have this idea in the shower. Um, I think you get different ideas when you're in the shower than when you're in the bathtub. I think if you take a bath, you get slow ideas. And I think if you're in the shower, you get fast ideas. And I have a sense that this is the same with reading 109 books versus reading just three. You get great things out of 109 books, but it's uh, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, uh, like seeing flowers from horseback. So there's this that you can see in, in sort of a velocity that you'll never see if you're just looking at one flower. But of course, you also can't just appreciate the single flower. So it's not wrong or right. It's just a, a change of state. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even, that's a great quote. So what books are you choosing for your three? So I picked uh, three different aspects of my life and, and when it came to business, I, I ended up, I mean, there just wasn't, uh, business books were really tricky for me. So I'll, I'll tell you all three. Uh, the first is a book by Pema Chodron, who is a Shambhala Buddhist monk that, uh, Jack and I met last year, I guess it was her year before. Um, when we converted to Buddhism and it's called living beautifully with uncertainty and change. And it's a kind of a, a mindset stuff about, you know, how to deal with kind of rocky minds. Um, a, one's a physical fitness book by this guy, Mark Lauren, who ended up retraining a lot of the armed services, especially the special forces uh, for their calisthenics programs called you are your own gym. And it's a, a body weight exercise book. And of course with that commitment is the commitment to better fitness which boy do I need. So I'm excited about that. And then this last one is a very late um, uh, swap out. I was going to uh -huh. uh, something from Daniel Coyle, I think his name is, who wrote The Talent Code. And he had this sort of little tiny 52 lessons kind of a book that came along with The Talent Code. Um, but I switched this out. This is Dr. Robert Brooks and his uh, writing partner and uh, colleague, uh, Sam Goldstein. It's called The Power of Resilience. And it's called Achieving Balance, Confidence, and Personal Strength in Your Life. And it's, uh, it's a book about mental toughness. It's about willpower. It's about discipline. It's about uh, self-esteem and self-improvement. And uh, it's by two clinical psychologists. You know, Dr. Brooks, at least, I know, has a 40-year uh, body of work behind him. And so, I mean, there's a volume of uh, learnings in it. And he's written 15 or 16 books on resilience, mostly for kids and this is kind of his, you know, his blood work on how grownups can work on their mental toughness. So I just think that instead of a book on business that would teach me how to, I don't know, how to network better, this seemed like it would give the most impact to the most aspects of my business. Yeah, that's definitely a good choice. I already told you, let's see, I'm, I'm doing this one. I'm doing the impact equation mostly because it, it kind of kills two birds with one stone. Because it kind of is business, but also I, I'm trying to apply it to the entirety of my life. And so to think again, like, how can I apply those things like we talked about earlier to, you know, my personal uh, be the CEO of my own desk. I want to I want to write that down and then uh, be the CEO of my family for that matter, but more so. 
And then uh, uh, Entree Leadership by Dave Ramsey. Oh, sure. Which is a good one to just – I mean, there's just so much good stuff in how to make really good people decisions in there as well as good business decisions and especially where those two things cross. So – and then the other one I'm going to do is I'm going to really get into um, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Body that, oh. for the physical aspect. That's a great book. Um, both Jack and I read Four Hour Body and both got a lot out of it and have tried our own things through it. And um, I, I think the slow carb diet in it is really great. And uh, I think there's just a there's just a lot of interesting stuff in there. And I think the fitness program that he laid out has a, a lot of merit. So I don't know how far you dug into it before you made that decision, but it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's one that I read very skimmingly, if that's a word. Uh, when it first came out and it made a big impact, but I know that it needs to make a bigger one. So, yeah. Very. So then uh, you you also had another recent test or blog post or whatever you want to call it where it was a trial. Do seven days with this sort of recipe, how to get more done. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yes, I do. I was like trying to pull it up as fast as I could so I'd be reading along with you, but I don't know if I remember where it is. But anyway, I will say, oh, there, get more done. Um the the concept was basically this. I think that a lot of times we do this thing in the mornings where we'll jump up and start looking at our devices and we'll start going into our email and our social networks and whatever else is in front of us. And this immediately puts other people's intentions ahead of our own, uh, no matter what. Because if you're reading people's tweets, someone could upset you or you're checking the Facebook wall and you're, I don't want to hear about politics. Or, you know, you get your inbox and it's the boss is mad at you, the wife is mad at you, the wife and the boss who are the same person are mad at you. I mean, it's just whatever. I mean, there's just a lot of other people's stuff coming rushing at you. The other thing is people, you know, especially in the, in the culture I'm with, which is a lot of the sort of online people and the business people in that intersection believe that sleep, is, uh, you know, a lack of sleep is a great badge to have on their, uh, on their, uh, self identity. And I don't think so. And so, um, what I pushed out there was just a really simple recipe that says, you know, uh, no screens or radio after 9 PM. Like, you know, do nothing with, you know, consumption after 9 PM. No phone first thing in the morning. No news or radio first thing in the morning either. Uh, right before bed, use a notebook to jot down those nagging thoughts. Uh, be willing to try this just for seven days in a row. And then I gave 10 pieces of further advice about, you know, have a little glass of milk or almond milk or whatever you drink uh, right before bed and maybe a tiny snack. Go to bed no later than 10 p.m. Set your alarm for 6 a.m. Uh, don't touch anything when you wake up. Just take the first five or 10 minutes and just breathe deeply and then maybe even consider figuring out meditation. Uh, get a light breakfast within the first 30 minutes of waking, which I think you'll also hear echoed in the four-hour body. If you have the time, get in a 15 to 20-minute brisk walk or some kind of a workout. Uh, you know, And I also said if you've got to get the kids ready for school, that's pretty much a workout. Uh, write down a note or whatever you want to do, the first three most important tasks of your day as they align to your larger goals. And then you give yourself three minutes just total to look for fires in your inbox and that's it and then get to work. And I, I, my prediction is that this would give people a lot better opportunity to live from their script and to pay attention to their challenges and issues and concerns as opposed to letting the outside world filter in before they're ready. Okay. Now, was this kind of a, a curation of other things you'd seen or, or what type of uh, personal experience did you have to create this list? It was actually, um, I do this a lot too, Eric, is I'll listen to people's excuses for why not. 
and I'll just turn them around the other way. I'll make it so that as people are uh, telling me why they can't do this, well, you know, I don't sleep very much and whatever. And I challenge that and say, well, why don't you sleep very much? And what's the, what's the deal? And then I'll, you know, people will do such and such. And sometimes it'll be myself. I mean, I had this thing where I just kept rushing up to, you know, touch my device first thing in the morning and start looking at what other people were saying. And it just dawned on me that that's, that's starting the program of my day with other people's thoughts. And it just seemed like some, some really simple rules. The idea for no screens, I'll admit, uh, comes from, you know, helping my girlfriend figure out how to sleep a little bit better because sometimes at night she'll get into research mode and go down a lot of different research holes. And so if you're not looking at any screens, it's a little harder to do. So I think that's sort of how that works out. Okay. Yeah. I, and the, the no screens thing, even from not having it be like a training yourself for a nervous twitch of checking your phone, it, the LED light, I think, and even television, like the old tube TVs, like that light, I guess, from what I've read somewhere, getting that into your system still that late in the day, like is going to disrupt your sleep. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Lots of there's lots of science that goes back and forth on that kind of thing. And what I tried not to do, I mean, it's obviously a really preachy piece. But what I tried to do is just, you know, not eat should or whatever. I just said, here's a here's a choice of a diet. If you want to try it, you might find it interesting. And you know, a lot of people responded and thought it was kind of neato. And another lot of people uh, weren't all that uh, thrilled. <laughs> uh, well, of some of the people that got something out of it, like what did they? What kind of feedback did you get? You know, some people said, you know, you're totally right. I, you know, this going to bed at nine thing is awesome or whatever. Um, and a lot of people just said, you know, I, I find it insane that, you know, how addicted I am to my screens in the morning and, you know, just grabbing my smartphone and needing to look at what's going on on Facebook. And it just, it was a bit of a wake up call to some people. And I, you know, the, the book that I just don't have the time to write right now would be something about our addiction to the shiny or whatever, something like which talks about, you know, we're just stuffing our faces with with data. Like we we're just like, please give me input, and that's just not how humans have lived for so many centuries. It's great to have this information when we're putting it to our use, but we've we've invented something even more addictive than television. Mm, yeah. So, how much of this is something that you like? Is this something you live out, or is it something that you kind of threw together as a blog post? Oh no, I, I've been working on it for quite some time. Okay. You know, there's there's things I'm not doing well enough that I'd like to do a lot better at, and one of them is uh, doing a more steady and relative, regular uh, meditation practice, and also chanting, and um, because I think that that you know is really strengthening for one's mind and does a lot for you. And there's all kinds of new science out about it. Like the Dalai Lama was in some kind of a program with Harvard Medical and there's just all this new science out there saying that, you know, people who do regular meditation and chanting just get a way better swing at life. So that's, I mean, part of the thing of coming up with these kinds of challenges is making sure I adhere to them as well. Um, and the other part is just that in reminding myself this is how I want to live and living intentionally, it lines up for other stuff. So Rob Hatch, who works with me, is putting together a program called Work Like You're on Vacation, for instance. And that program is this idea of like, you know, can you get all your work done before 11 a.m.? And it's not the four-hour work week or anything. It's just the idea of, you know, working intentionally. And so that's kind of the next piece of the puzzle. That's like another next thing that we're we're working on. And so if I hadn't started working on this other stuff, then it would be really hard for me to make the rest of it happen. That sounds like that whole paradigm of people say where they talk about how like work 
expands or contracts to the amount of time you allow it to. And so if you're saying you want to get it all done by 11 a.m. and then take the rest of the day off, is that kind of what you're going for there? Yeah. I mean, that's I, I would love that sort of experience. And, and it came out of something very specific that Rob had been doing. Rob Hatch, he'd been um, when he was away, like on vacation type stuff, he would uh, still have duties to perform for me because we just didn't it wasn't like a really assigned vacation in this particular case. So he did sort of have you know, home stuff and work stuff overlapping. And so the way he did it was he just got up really early and he just worked really focused before just reengaging with his family. And then he just had himself totally to his family for the rest of the day. And that's, that's when he realized, well, why, why don't I work like that all the time? You know, I got in a day's work in short shrift. Well, you know, why, why wouldn't it be great to like have this time to do whatever I wanted for my own development? A lot of employees can't choose that, but you know, what if they could? You know, there's a lot of people that are starting to learn how to work remotely. What if they just delivered so much value in one part of the day that they felt, you know, really liberated to get up and walk off? And and then again, if you're sort of a standalone entrepreneur, the other thing that you do all the time is waste time. You just waste tons of time without thinking about it because you're just not sure what to do next. Well, giving yourself that four-hour window makes you focus really tightly. Yeah. Well, I see that our time is basically about up. I'd love to give you a chance to not only plug the blog, but especially the podcast, which I think people really need to start listening to. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, because the chrisbrogan.com thing's fine. It'll get on without us. But I started a new uh, podcast called The Human Business Way, uh, which is a, you know, I call it a radio show. But if you go to hbway.com slash radio, um, right now it's just been, you know, I have an idea for what I want the show to be and all that. But what I've been really doing mostly is just interviewing friends and mm-hmm. people like and, and just telling stories with them about some aspects of business that, you know, really could relate to a lot of other people. But there, there's not there's never a structured set of questions. It's always a conversation. And we always go down a road I don't intend to go down. And it's more fun than anything I've done in a while. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say I'm really enjoying that as well. I'm I'm listening to it on my morning walk commutes to and from work from to and from with lunch and all that. Like you just said. It's great to hear you talk conversationally with these people in just a fun way about different aspects of business. So I really think everybody should go check that out. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Eric. And thanks for having me on your show. I really yeah. It was really great to be here. Well, it was really great to have you. Thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Well, I'd just like to say thanks again to Chris Brogan for joining me this week. Again, if you're enjoying the show, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating or review, letting us know how much you're getting out of the shows. Do us a favor as well as passing it along on Twitter and Facebook. Also, I am speaking at New Media Expo in January 2013, and I would love it if you'd come out and hang out, learn from bloggers and podcasters, and people doing content in new media. There's a ton to learn, a ton of people to hang out with. There is still time to get your tickets now, and you can find out more and purchase your tickets if you go to my affiliate link, which is beyondthetodolist.com slash NMX. I hope you check it out, and I hope to see you there. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Find more great podcasts like How to Podcast, Clean Comedy, Once Upon a Time, Christian Worldview, and more at noodle.mx. Think, laugh, and succeed 
by subscribing to our podcasts at noodle.mx. Hi, this is Daniel J. Lewis with Noodle Mix Network. Thank you for nominating our podcasts into the finalist positions at podcastawards.com. Now the easy but most important part starts. Please visit podcastawards.com every day, November 1st through 15th, to vote for our podcasts. Under comedy, vote for The Ramen Noodle. Under entertainment, vote for Once Podcast. And under technology, vote for The Audacity to Podcast. Please do this every day on podcastawards.com, November 1st through 15th, 2012, and your votes will help our podcasts. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it.